So this morning, uh, I'm going to start by, uh, by playing a song. <laughs> um, so it, it's a song called Pom Boy by Speak Brother. And I woke up yesterday morning singing this song. Um, it couldn't have been pleasant for Dawn. There we go. Um, but I just felt that God has something to say to us all in this song. So when is your time to leave the shallow waters? To set sail into things that God has for you? Why are you scared to raise your sail and head out into the things that God has for you? The plans that God has for each one of us will not be achieved while we are stood up to our knees in shallow waters. It's time for each one of us to push our boats out from the mud banks, set our sails and head out into the deeper waters. We cannot and we must not miss the spiritual tide and wind of this time of God. He will not wait for us. Get your boat ready. Check the hull is watertight. That the mast is straight. That the ropes are in good order. And the sail has no holes. Each one of us, both physically, in the natural, and spiritually, be brave and daring in God. We're not alone at the helm. Jesus, the one who speaks to the storm and calms it, is there with us. God would say to us all this morning, it's time to be daring. It's time to set your sail and to move into the deeper things that he has for you and for us as a body of believers. It's time to be daring in God. His sturdy ship will not fail you. Set your sails. Push out the boat. It's time to go deeper. In Romans 12.1, it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And the Message Bible puts it like this. <clears throat> so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. In everything you do, bring it before God. See, this faith, this belief in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour is not and can never be just a theory. Can't just be a head knowledge. God isn't impressed on how much we know about him. Quite an amazing thought that, isn't it? He's much more concerned with how much you know him and about your heart and character. That cheers me up. I don't have to pass a test of how much I know about God. And C.S. Lewis states, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. How does your life look the rest of the week? A serious bunch of people. How does your life look the rest of the week? Does it look different to what you like on a Sunday? Mine does at times. It shouldn't, but it does at times. When I step through them doors, Jesus is the centre. Is he still the centre on a Tuesday morning? When my boss is giving it down my ear and telling me that I haven't done A, B and C and I should have done. Is Jesus still the centre then? I'm going to stick to my notes. We need to be sensitive, heart ready, actively listening to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us both as individuals and corporately. Each of us needs to discern the season and move as the Spirit directs us. I was talking to Dawn yesterday and she said, sorry, I was listening, but I didn't hear it the way you said it. I've got that on tape now. And do we do that with God? Do we hear him? Do we listen to what he says, but not really hear the way he said it? So I don't know how you look at yourself. I don't know how you think about yourself. I don't know whether you say, actually, I'm not ready to give it my all. Jesus can have this bit and that bit. And he can have my right leg and my left arm, but he's not having it all. <clears throat> and I say to you this morning, that's okay. That's okay. But I'd like to ask a question. 
Are you really doing it so well on your own? How's it working out for you, being your own God? Is it good? Is it cool? What have you got to lose by giving him your all? Giving him your all. Well, maybe you're thinking, I'm not gifted enough. No, I was this morning. I'm not talented enough. I'm just not, whatever it might be. And at times we all feel like that. But Paul continues and says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. It's not for us to do in our own strength. You're not alone at the helm. You've got some of us guys with you. But more importantly, you've got Jesus with you. Speaking to the storms of life. So what's God's will? Here's a big question. What's God's will? Well, part of his will is that you complete your journey and that you arrive at your final destination having a different character and nature from when you started. Isn't that amazing? That when we arrive, we'll be different to when we started. I'm grateful for that. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. How good is that? Somebody over there said, yeah. Somebody over there thought it was good. But how good is that? You are a royal priesthood. Not even just a normal priesthood, but a royal priesthood. Okay. You see, the devil will always lie to you, and he'll always try and convince you that you're not good enough. We had quite a tussle last night. I don't really think the devil was much involved. I think it was just me. I got into bed, and this whole sermon, every single word of it, I thought, nah, 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 nah. No, 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 this is rubbish. This isn't from God. This is me. This is this. And I made a thousand excuses. But the devil will try and convince us we're not good enough to do anything for God. Absolutely anything. But just look what God has done to make us good enough. 
just look at that. We've just had communion. We've just remembered the Lord's death. That's your worth. That's your worth. It's not a bad exchange, that, is it? It's not like you can have a new pair of socks. It's not even you can have eternal life. It is that I will give the best that I have for you. What an exchange that is. What an exchange that is. The King of kings and the Lord of lords will give the best for you. You know what, looking out there, a couple of people smiled. Not many. At a recent small group meeting, Tony read out an article where a recruitment company had assessed the suitability of the 12 disciples. And that basically, how good were they for the job? And the only one who actually was recommended was Judas Iscariot. But the scriptures tell us that God looks at the heart. So when the little shepherd boy David was getting anointed as king, Samuel turns up and he sees all the brothers and he goes, wow, there's the guy. Look at him. He's big and he's strong. He's tall and he's handsome. He's got to be the king, hasn't he? And God goes, nope. Don't be silly now. God says this to Samuel. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's fantastic, isn't it? But I don't know about you, I get a little bit frightened at God looking at my heart. Because that's where I hide all the stuff that I don't want you people to see. And yet, he still gives his best. And Psalm 139, verse 17 says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. God has always got you on his mind. If I ask for the show of hands... How many people have thought about me this week in this room? I'd be surprised if there was half a dozen. Okay. Show offs. Show offs. Okay. But God's thoughts are like the grains of sand towards you. There's that many of them. He's constantly thinking about you. 
You know, as the wider church enters a season of Lent, I wonder what you've given up. I wonder what you're going to sacrifice to get that little bit closer to God. Now, I must confess that being from a charismatic evangelical background, I have always struggled with the concept of Lent. And it's always had an effect on me. It's always had a negative effect on me because I've always gone, I don't need to give anything up because of this. Because of this cross. Because of what Jesus has done. I don't need to do anything. And that's right to a point. That's right to a point. And Ash Wednesday, I've never understood why I need a cross putting on me for it to remind me I'm mortal. Getting out of bed of the morning does that for me these days. <laughs> Trying to get me socks on reminds me of this. Take my hair and aid out and I lose half the room. You know, I'm just being honest there. But I wonder what God thinks of Lent. I wonder what he thinks of the idea of you're going to give up chocolate. And whether he thinks, well, that's sufficient, isn't it? Because after all, there's a glass and a half of milk in each bar. So that's fair enough that they give it up. That's a big sacrifice. I just wonder whether he thinks that monumental sacrifice of not eating jelly babies for 40 days, not that they touch a jelly baby for the rest of the year, will actually bring them closer to me. I'm going to move heaven and earth for that. I just wonder. But I believe that God's heart is this. If you long for me, as I long for you, you'll be satisfied. Did you get that? If you long for me, as I long for you. Does that not amaze you? Does that amaze you, John? God longs for you. You know, I, I just think, so rather than us giving up things for Lent, maybe we need to take things up. Maybe over this 40 days, I've downloaded the Church of England app for Lent, and I read it every day, and I say the prayers. And I'm trying to engage with it in a positive way rather than thinking this is something to run from. And I hope I'm not offending anybody. It's, I'm just saying it's my background and where I've come from. You know, and if, if you've engaged with Lent and it gets you nearer to God, then that's fantastic. But I just think rather than giving something up, I need to take something up. You know, when I... I'm just thinking that if, if you pray for half an hour a day, make it an hour. If you pray for an hour, make it an hour and a half. If it's an hour and a half, make it, yeah, you see where I'm going. 
If you read your Bible for an hour, or 10 minutes, or 15 minutes, make it two. If you tithe in 10%, tithe with 15. That was a popular one. And if you're not tithing, start. If you're not involved in a ministry group, join one. Join one. Serve God. You know, for many, Lent has either become a miserable experience, a routine, or a religious exercise. And God doesn't want neither of them for us. God doesn't want you to be miserable. God doesn't want you trapped in the pond of religion. See, God describes himself in Malachi 1.4 as a great king. A great king. And he says, I will be honoured. And the people that got stuck in a routine of religion. And they were bringing sacrifices before God. That weren't perfect. They were bringing blind lambs and lame lambs. They were giving God second best. But God's saying, I am a great king and I will be honoured. You know, I don't know how much communion touches your heart. I don't know how much it makes you think of a God who would do anything to restore your relationship with him. You know, I really do believe that it is time for us to push our boats out of the shallow water. I really do believe that it's time to set our sails and catch the wind of the Spirit of God and head for the deeper water and the greater things that God has for us. I'm done playing church. I'm done turning up on a Sunday morning being this nice guy going home and being someone different. I'm done with it. don't want it anymore. Because I want to long for God as he longs for me. You know, if you feel that God has spoken to you this morning, then come up for prayer at the end. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you that you are a speaking God. Lord, we ask that you would set your words in our hearts this morning. Lord, that we would just meditate on them for the rest of the week, Lord. Lord, that as we move into this season of prayer, that you would just show us what you want us to pray about and how you want us to pray. Lord, that your, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven.